This is the Shape America podcast, hosted by Colin Brooks and Matt Pomeroy, making 50 million strong by 2029. and welcome to the Shape America podcast. I'm Matt Pomeroy. And today we're talking about teacher leadership and health education. Uh, we have many guests on our show today, and they're all here to share their story of their leadership journey with you. All right. Our first guest is Claudia Brown. And let's start with just some background information, just so we can get to know her. So Claudia, could you tell us a little bit, a little bit about you um, maybe like where and what you're teaching right now and how long you've been teaching. And um, the question I'm really interested in learning about is, as well is, uh, how did you become an educator? Like uh, what got you into the teaching field and the, the teaching profession? And um, I guess just kind of want to get that why, that background information as to how you got started. So really looking forward to hearing and learning. Uh, you're with you, Claudia. And um, thanks a lot. Hi, Matt. I'd like to thank both you and Shape America for inviting me to be part of this health education leadership conversation. Um, much appreciated. And, and on that note, I'm going to tell you um, that my journey to leadership is not straight. It certainly did not go from point A to point B. And it is mostly one of gratitude. Um, I'm, I'm experiencing one of those uh, decade birthdays coming up pretty soon that makes you reflect on your life and where you've been, where you're going. And so when, when you posted this, I was excited to talk about this journey because it's part of a reflection that I'm engaging in for my own well-being. Um, way back in junior high, uh, in 1972, I am grateful for the PE teacher who encouraged me to become the president of the girls' sports club because I loved sports and movement always. I always wanted to do the things that, at that time, girls were not invited to do and had to fight for. So I, I feel like I've always had on um, boxing gloves, you know, uh, sort of figuratively. Um, in 1976, when I graduated from high school, I was encouraged by my amazing and still my friend, uh, English teacher, to pursue PE and to attend Springfield College. I did go to Springfield College and graduated in 1980 with um, my Bachelor of Science in physical education and health, and I have those incredibly bright professors and engaging, encouraging professors at Springfield College to thank for that. Um, I taught middle school PE, uh, no health at that time, for three years, and I planned to get my master's degree uh, by the time I was 30. Instead, I was on my way to having 
two of my three children. Um, so the path curved a little bit there. And I certainly learned a lot about kids through raising my own. I always like to say I was a great parent until I had kids. Um, so I stayed involved in my field while I was uh, home with my children by becoming a personal trainer, running a gym out of my home, volunteering with my children in the community and in their classes and with their teams. And then when they were old enough to all go off to school, in 1998, I returned to teaching. And at that time, you know, I was 40 years old. So for, you know, if this is meant to inspire people to just continue on their path, I would say never, never, never give up. Winston Churchill's lines are some of my favorite. Um, so at 40 years old, I returned to teaching um, physical education in the community where I lived, which was wonderful, and eventually infused health education into the program because it was non-existent then. And I had those boxing gloves on, you know, fighting to increase physical education and health ed. And so even though I was not the leader of the department, I led in my own way in my classroom. And I think that's where we have the most power. At that time, I, I used the project adventure model to incorporate health into the classroom. We had cuts everywhere all the time, like many districts do, and always fighting for PE not to be marginalized. I taught at the elementary level and at the middle school level. And in 2007, we suffered a major cut and I was transferred to the high school. Um, and it was tough because I didn't want to leave my beloved middle school. But I'd like to thank my husband for saying these words to me. You have been set free. And those words were so important and, and stay with me today because I became um, predominantly a health educator at the high school level and in a few years time was um, chosen to be the leader of curriculum for K-12 in the district in 2010. In 2011, I will thank Sarah Benes for coming in and meeting with me after I heard about skills-based health education. I'd like to thank Holly Alperin and, and Mary Conley for inspiring my journey as well into skills-based health education. And because of that, and because of MAPRID and the wonderful executive director there, Maria Melchionda, I became involved in the board for MAPRID. I became involved in Shape America with folks like you, Matt, and I'd like to thank you and Shape for just really nurturing my journey. Uh, I became uh, the president of MAPRID and served um, in that humble position for three years, though I was buoyed by the help of my board members and they really carried me through my presidency during uh, my husband's illness. So I have a lot to be thankful for, but mostly I, I'd like to encourage folks to 
stay the course. Paths will change. Your life will change. But I think it's invaluable that we continue toward our great passion as the light because that passion for what you're teaching becomes your passion as a leader. Start in your classroom and build from there. Um, and thanks again for inviting me to, to chat. Claudia, thank you for sharing your story. I just truly appreciate it and I just love hearing about it. And it's so cool from the nudges that you got, you know, back in the early to mid seventies with the, you know, the president of the girls sports club and the English teacher that just kind of nudged you. And it sounds like you just had an amazing experience at Springfield college and, and everything else. And I love that, you know, like children kind of do for a curveball, and, and again, you just changed path just a little bit. And I love the fact that you came back, you know, as you said, in your, in, in your, as you were 40 and, you know, came, you came back to TGP and added a little bit of health and, uh, Thank you for again stressing that you're a leader in the classroom because that is key. That's that's where we start, and that leadership journey does really start, um, and can really take us to that next level. Um, and I guess what I'm going to go back and and just kind of look for some more details on again, uh, as you talked about in 2007, you became a, a leader of that health curriculum, kind of at that high school level. So. Can you just go through some of the details that brought you into that position? Um, was it something that was there before? Did it kind of just pop up at that point in time? Did you jump for it and ask for it? Were you kind of um, asked to come into it? Just some of those details. And, and what did it entail as a leader? Um, you know, what were you kind of doing? Um, so just trying to look to hear and learn just a little bit more about maybe someone to, looking at a step up within that district and, and take a leadership role with curriculum wise, whether it's health or PE and, um, and just kind of give them some ideas of how to uh, jump on board with that and uh, take control of that. So uh, can't wait to hear just a little bit more about that. Sure, Matt. Um, uh, I'd love to chat with you a little bit about how um, that leadership role sort of formed um, there was a leadership position for PE, not, not especially for health, and it had existed for a long time, and it was um, held by um, our uh, re very revered baseball coach, who was a, um, quite a popular guy and um, really did some good things for kids in his uh, tenure in North Reading. And then the position went away for a little bit um, due to budget cuts again. And so they had no curriculum leaders in any of the departments uh, at, at the high school or throughout the district. And, and then they, in 20, just around 2010, now I had been at the high school for three years. And while I was there, I was most definitely asserting myself as a strong health educator and continuously sharing with the administration my ideas, um, promoting more health education for kids and, and working that way. Again, the strength in the classroom first and the enthusiasm for kids. And, you know, I've often said to people, you know, do you play favorites? Yes. If you work hard and you love kids, you're my favorite. And that's the kind of teacher I strove to be. Um, not patting myself on the back at all, but I do think that kids deserve that. So when that 
position was advertised, and they were advertised all over the district for uh, various curriculum leaders, not in the role of the evaluator, but in the role of the curriculum developer, K to 12, for both health and they, I think they called the role health and wellness initially, but I always signed off as the K-12 leader of physical education, health and wellness, because I didn't want phys ed to be left in the dust just because we were improving on our health education emphasis. So I applied. The person who had been in the role for many, many years, decades even, applied as did another person in the department. I went into the interview with a portfolio, with technology, with all kinds of um, plans for what could happen in health and PE in the community. And I was selected uh, as the leader. And I was shocked because there had been somebody in the role for a long time, but they chose a different path and were really leading towards building health and PE um, into something broader, standards-based, technology-based. And so they wanted me in that role. As the curriculum leader, I was uh, relieved of one class. And so instead of teaching a full five classes at the high school level, 78-minute classes, I was teaching four classes. And I had one uh, period where I was allowed to do the curriculum work. I think, with all due respect to my district, I think there need to be much more um, time given to people who are in that leadership position. My job was to set up um, meetings every month for the department, uh, both K through 12 and specifically at the high school, to help develop the curriculum for the district in both health and physical education to attend professional development as the district uh, decided and as I decided. So I would recommend PDs like the like Mayford and like the PE Institute and, and other opportunities and, and I would get support for those. I had a lot of uh, freedom, but I also uh, had a lot of demands on me that were great and for, you know, not, um, it's not a huge, I think from district to district, I think the stipends are going to vary. I think in our district, there was a small stipend, but I didn't really go into it for that. I went into it for the growth of something I loved. And so I worked tirelessly for seven years. Um, I felt great about posting um, what a physically literate individual looks like in our gymnasium, uh, transitioning our health department to skills-based uh, entirely at the middle and high school levels. And I felt great about presenting to the school committee and finally adopting uh, sex education in our middle school. And that was uh, quite, quite a long time coming. So I, I made my mark there while I was uh, the leader, and I learned some things. Uh, real change takes time. Uh, the moral courage that our Shape America president has talked about so many times is very necessary. Kindness to the people you're managing, but firmness 
the same way you would be with your students, high expectations for everyone, especially yourself. All of those things are critical to being a good leader. Um, you have to be a listener and you have to recognize that there are times that people won't agree with you. But if you know that your course is true, then you must stay that course and try to bring everyone on board with you. It's not an easy position to be in. Sometimes you feel very alone, but it's also a gift because you're doing the best thing for kids as you develop uh, your program. So I hope that helps a little bit. Well, Claudia, hey, thank you for sharing about your, the curriculum leader position that, you know, you kind of took over um, and, and kind of took control over and, and um, had that opportunity for leadership uh, within your district. And I just I think it's great. And I just applaud, you know, just all the work that you did and the effort that you put into it. And um, we know it's not easy, uh, but it is extremely important to have some, you know, a leader of curriculum. Um, that's within the physical education, health and wellness field, um, just because we do know the ins and outs of it so much. And it is such a different uh, class environment, you know, than many others. So, uh, so kudos to you for doing that and, and stepping up for, for so long and, um, you know, really taking charge of a department and leading that department and uh, in so many different ways. Um, so again, that's something great that, that even if it's not there right now, that's something that could pop up in someone's future and, and a leadership opportunity that can be there for you. Um, again, we can continue to advocate for that. Um, if your school doesn't have it, uh, how can you help? And, you know, what will they allow you to do? Because, um, again, if we advocate for it, there's a really good chance that we can get it. So a great position that you could think about, um, you know, within that school district and not having to go too far. But uh since we've touched base about that, I'd like to look at uh, you know, a little, little bit about that larger scale uh, leadership opportunity that you took uh, with Massachusetts AFERD and you know, the State Association in Massachusetts. And I guess I'm just interested in knowing um, what were some of the different leadership roles and leadership opportunities that you got through Mayford and, um, and what did you get back uh, because of you taking that leadership role? And uh, how do you think you helped and influenced um, others within your state? Uh, and again, how did it kind of become? Um, how did you find out about an opening and how did you uh, maybe get in with that state association? Um, and just give us uh, some of those details so we can learn just a little bit more about that leadership opportunity because that is out there for many, many uh, people to kind of uh, step up and take and help out uh, in that regards. So thanks again, Claudia. Matt, I completely agree that there are great opportunities for health and physical educators to serve in their state organizations and then perhaps in the national organization at Shape America. I had so many wonderful experiences going to conventions and learning from all of the professionals at those conventions and rejuvenating my classroom every single time. And I really didn't give as much thought as I should have to the people who were behind the scenes, who were creating all of that professional development opportunity for me and for my colleagues. And uh, one day, um, you know, I had been into this health thing for, for a bit and had been really pushing skills-based health. And I got a call 
um, from a colleague who said, gee, um, you know, they, they need a health, um, a VP for health for Maple. They've, someone's uh, left the position and they've, it's been vacated. They've got to fill it. Can you help us out? And I thought, oh my gosh, these people have been helping me forever. I'm going to go help them. Well, <laughs> to the best of my ability, I don't know how much help I gave them, but I, I tried for sure. Um, so I entered and completed uh, that year as the uh, VP for health education and just kind of got my, my feet wet, um, helping with the convention a little bit, um, making sure that things were organized for the health speakers at the convention. That's our biggest event, of course. Um, we, we have over 1,200 educators at our state convention in Massachusetts. And um, it, our, our folks on that board are such a family and they do such a wonderful job. So uh, once I was in, I was hooked and I really wanted to help some more. Um, after my tenure as the VP for Health um, expired and then someone else stepped into that role, um, and I think that was uh, Sarah Benes, um, then I became the, I, I started to do some work on health advocacy. And then, um, and then I was asked, you know, will you run for president? And I thought, me? You know, you know, it's so funny because we never, I don't know, I don't know if other folks feel this way, but I never thought of myself in that role. And I was honored to think that others might see me that way. So for those of you who are questioning whether you have the ability to take that step, why not? Why not? Who better than you and when better than now to get involved in your organization and make a difference? You have great ideas. They want to hear them. They're just folks like you, you know. So um, in the presidency, I was fortunate enough to be the, the president at, for the national convention in Boston. And I really served alongside the most incredible convention organizers. And um, they, I, I just learned so much from them. So I really was, a, you know, um, Maria Melchiondi, my, my executive director, and I served as charm and grace at the entrance to the convention every day. And if I had anything to offer to Maper, it, um I would say mostly energy and positivity. I really do believe that we can't accomplish anything if we are bogged down in the negative. Um, I, I had folks reading um, it on our board during my presidency when I'd lead the meetings. We read excerpts from um, Eat, Move, Sleep. You know, we chose a little book just to keep ourselves motivated and to manage our self-care. So I focused on that a little bit. Um, I really just saw myself as a servant, and I'm going to continue to help Maple in any way I can. I'm no longer um, a leader on that board or serving in a VP capacity, but whatever they ask me to do, I'm going to step up and do it because we need excitement. We need young folks. We need people. We need old folks. We don't just need young folks. I, I, I don't like to think that just because you get to a certain age, you're not uh, valuable and worthy. You have more wisdom and more understanding of how things work than anybody does. 
you may have more energy than some of the young folks. So we need all types of folks to come in and serve in, in these capacities and to offer their skills and their knowledge to improve things for our kids. That is the objective overall. The end result is to improve things for our students. So um, that's it. Thanks, Matt. Hey, Claudia. Yeah, thank you for sharing your leadership journey, uh, you know, through the state association. And I, I think it's just really neat how it, all it really took to, to kind of get you to be involved in that state association was uh, a little nudge from someone. And we've, we've used that term on the podcast where someone just gave you a call and kind of got you situated in a position. And, you know, it was something that you liked and you enjoyed and just kept kind of building on it from there. So, yeah, sometimes it is just that slight nudge and just want to remind everyone out there listening that, uh, you know, one of those slight little nudges can really push someone's career uh, and leadership journey uh, along really, really quickly. So it was, yeah, it was very neat to hear just how you kind of moved throughout that state association and you had a chance to, you know, be the president of Massachusetts Aford and, um, and, and be the president while the national convention, uh, you know, was in Boston, which was a really cool experience. And uh, I remember getting to hang out with you and all those smiles and warm greetings from, from everyone there. So it was uh, just outstanding. So well, and Claudia, thanks for sharing your leadership journey uh, so far. And I know the future is going to continue to be bright and you're going to find many other ways to lead. Um, and uh, excited uh, just what we can see from you and, you know, what you're going to be doing. So thank you for sharing and we appreciate you having you on the Shape of America podcast. All right. Well, I'm excited to bring on my next guest here, Jamie Sparks, for the Shape America podcast. And, you know, it's time to talk uh, leadership with Jamie Sparks. So, again, just uh, really excited to be bringing him into this conversation as well. And, Jamie, if you could just kind of tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, just to get us going here. So, like, where are you from? A little bit of your educational experience. And, like, um, Basically, how did you get into education and, 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 you know, this profession in our field and, you know, what was the spark or what was the interest that kind of brought you into that? So, uh, again, just want to get to know you just a little bit uh, before we dive into fully into teacher leadership here. So looking forward to hearing about it, Jamie. Hey, Matt. Thanks so much. Appreciate the question, the opportunity to participate in this uh, Shape America uh, cast. And uh this is my 17th year in public education. Uh, the last eight years, I've been in the Kentucky Department of Education. Uh, in the past year, I've uh, picked up the role of executive director of our Capered Association as well, and went through various uh, positions on our state board um, over the last several years as well. Uh, my first nine years in teaching, uh, I was at the elementary level uh, and middle school teaching health and PE. And um, so I got into education. I wanted to be a teacher because I wanted to make a difference, make a difference in the life of young people. And I went into health and PE because I sincerely believe and passionately believe that our academic areas are two of the most important. And while our education system may not always reflect that, uh, I can always look in my students' eyes and I've always been able to proudly say that no matter who you are, no matter what you do, no matter where you go in life, you will use what I teach you every single day the rest of your life. And that does put us in a unique position because there's not a lot of other academic areas that can proclaim that 
no matter the variables in your life and where you go, you will use this. And so um, hopefully we'll continue to make progress on elevating that importance and uh, continuing to support teachers on that pathway into uh, getting that built into accountability systems and professional development and other things. Hey, Jamie. Yeah, I just want to say again, like, thanks again just for being on the show and, and sharing uh, just a little bit of your leadership journey here with everyone out there listening. And uh, we just want to say, first and foremost, and uh, speaking from everyone here, that, you know, we just appreciate what you're doing as a leader within our field, um, you know, at the state level. And, uh, you know, you've been beginning that process at that national level as well. And we know you've been doing a lot of things uh, in that regards. So, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you for all your hard work and dedication to our profession. Uh, we truly appreciate that. So before we get deep into this podcast, I just want you to reflect a little bit upon uh, maybe your first kind of leadership experiences, whether it was uh, before you were a teacher um, or maybe some of your first uh kind of dives into leadership. So we just kind of want to see and feel and hear about how those, how some of those kind of first leadership experiences came into your life and, and maybe how you uh, got hooked on that, that leadership bug. So um, yeah, looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, Matt. So uh, eight years ago, as I said, when I started at uh, the Kentucky Department of Ed, uh, after about the less, less than the first year, probably, um, you know, I'll admit uh, the first nine years, uh, I, I really was involved in the state association. I think I may have hit a conference or two randomly, uh, wasn't engaged. And then coming to the state and then standing before teachers and delivering professional development, you know, I started hearing from a lot of teachers, well, why doesn't the state make us do this? Or why is the accountability measures not this? And, and then being involved in some of the state level conversations with both the department and with uh, you know policymakers, legislators, I realized how little our voice was in the profession, and so it, to me it was kind of a, a conundrum. We had teachers that wanted to do something different and wanted things to be different, but nobody was really connecting us with the conversation or the opportunities. And so that's really where my passion for advocacy come from. I kind of came onto our board as a liaison and then uh, worked through various positions, a vice president and then through the presidential executive committee and now executive director of Kayford. Um, and so again, while we've made great strides uh, in advocacy, ESSA is a great step forward. It's not the end all be all, but at least it's helping to change the conversation to elevate health and PE. And, and my push still, and Carly and I have this conversation frequently, if we've made this progress with really just a small number of people relative to how big our profession is, if we've made this kind of pr progress, what what can we do if we get more people engaged, especially as, as easy as the, the federal uh, action center and the state action centers are as far as sending emails and developing communication with your legislators, both at the federal and state level. So I really hope that's an area that we can continue to grow and that states and districts will continue to lead in getting more people engaged uh, so that we can make a difference in policy and accountability. Hey, Jamie, yeah, thanks for just talking us through some of that. And it's it's kind of wild, like you said, how you didn't have much of a leadership role, you know, for your nine years as an educator. But as you got to the Kentucky Department of Education, you know, like you could see and hear how quickly the leadership opportunities kind of presented themselves for you. So I guess I'm most interested in um, how did they all come up? You know, how did you kind of find out about them? How were you encouraged by someone? You know, those types of things. So. I guess just kind of starting with that liaison position, like, 
Uh, was it just something that you advocated for and tried to get, you know, get on and be a part of, uh, did someone kind of invite you into that position? And then, uh, you know, like how did you continue to kind of progress through those stages of state development and, um, you know, how did you end up becoming the vice president of the president and how did it all unfold? And, uh, and then, we're essentially kind of finishing off with the executive director as of right now. Um, so yeah, let's just talk through just a little bit of that uh, work through the state association and how those op- opportunities presented themselves uh, and so on and so forth. So look forward to just kind of hearing those details as to um, how those all came about. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Matt. The, um, Jenny Dearden and Jim Heinerman were both um, on our executive committee, our state association. Um, at the time, and so I had presented and uh, did some workshops uh, for Capered um, and just some updates on things that were happening in school accountability because my first year there in 2010, there was just a lot of change that were happening. We were instituting a new accountability model, and so, and just some of those discussions with the things that were changing, why they were changing, uh, who had influence, and so I kind of started working with the board at that point, kind of as a liaison. And then they quickly asked me to uh, consider being uh, the vice president for PE. Um, and then that was a year that we were actually hosting Southern District as well. So then I ended up kind of being an elect and being in that position for two years and then ran for president after that, which put me on the three-year cycle as president-elect, president, past president. So, you know, I ended up serving six, seven years uh, as a voting member of the board. And so that was really kind of being, um, got really got into the intricate parts of, of the leadership, the state association. And then along that time is when I really started doing a lot of other stuff on the national level with uh, presenting and keynote. And so working with other state associations and, of course, going to speak out day. Um, and so you always get to meet a lot of the leaders from other states that are committed to, to those kind of things on the national level. Um, and then that kind of led into my path as uh, r- running for president of, of Shape America and just kind of having uh, been involved in those conversations and being uh, very passionate about the advocacy part of our profession. Um, so, yeah, it's all just kind of been it's been a, a, a quick whirlwind. But again, having that mentor, that person that encouraged uh, me to get involved, to do more. And, and you know, so like a lot of people are willing to serve, uh, just sometimes they aren't asked. And so just connecting those and making sure that I think in leadership, uh, especially in states, you know, I think we got to continue to be be cultivating leaders and young professionals uh, to be involved, um, and and you know, get them on that path so that, that there are more people doing the work and that our circles are not closed but are very uh, inclusive of the students we represent. Well, Jamie, thanks for sharing you know your leadership journey. It's uh, really cool just to hear that process of how you were nudged and how. You know, someone encouraged you to step up and uh, help out in just a little different way. And uh, like I say, the journey just kind of flowed on from there. Um, after that one little nudge, it just kind of turned into something else and then something else and uh, just kind of the next thing. And that's really cool. And we're really proud to have you serving as that president-elect of Shape America. And I know that you're going to do a fantastic job for our national organization. And, you know, thank you for supporting um, all the health and PE teachers uh, out there. And Jamie, just really excited to see what the future might hold for you and uh, how you're going to continue that leadership journey going on. And again, we're really lucky to have you as, as part of Health and PE. And um, 
and doing what you're doing right now. So thank you and really, really excited about that, what that future holds. So one final time, just want to say thank you to Jamie Sparks and Claudia Brown for being on this uh, health education teacher leadership uh, podcast for the Shape America podcast. And we appreciate you taking your time to share your story and uh, hope you picked up a little something about leadership and a little something about how you can maybe step into a leadership role or pick out one of those roles that maybe you are interested in and, uh, you know, just continue to help our profession and, and however you possibly can in whatever way you want to. Um, there are many opportunities for everyone out there. So look for them. Uh, hopefully nudge someone and uh, let's keep growing our profession. Uh, you know, one one more individual at a time. So, um that being said, uh, I'm Matt Pomeroy, and it is officially time to sign off for the Shape America podcast. Until next time, enjoy your summer.